Welcome to the Harvest Australia podcast. We trust you'll be blessed by this message from Senior Pastor Marty Manuel. Um, we've got a few things this morning we're going to do um, just to keep us informed. Um, Ryan is going to just come and let us know this week uh, that the five guys were um, on the Outback Adventure missions trip in the APY land. So come up, Ryan, and tell us about the fun you've had. <laughs> Thanks, Marty. Yeah, it was um, truly an Outback Adventure. So Marty named that really appropriately, actually. And um, yes, yeah, so it was Adam Fieldstein, and he coordinated the trip. Hands up, Adam. Yeah, and uh, Alan. Where's Alan? Is he the, here this morning? Don't don't know if he. But he must uh, must be a bit tired. Um, <laughs> Rob Chesterfield, are you here? And um, yeah, and Darren, there he is at the back, and Darren Green. So the five of us went up there, us Aussie blokes, and uh, we uh, went to Alice Springs and then flew to Uluru, and uh, we we started at the Rock, and th- that spoke so clearly to us. Christ, the Rock, in the heart of our nation, the heart, and we're so blessed. And um, when we flew, uh, sorry, we drove um, out to the lands, the APY lands, um, to where the Pitinjara people are in about um, eight communities or so. And uh, <laughs> so the person that we connected with was Inner Scales. She's um, an Indigenous lady uh, who the Fieldstones know very well and is connected here with us in, when she comes to Adelaide, this church. And Inner is actually the commissioner for the lands, so it's the Minister of Indigenous, Indigenous Affairs and then Inner. And so we um, were so thankful for her opening up her heart and opening up uh, the door for us to come up to the lands. And um, Adam and I had actually first met in Port Augusta on a mission trip when I was teaching up there. And they came with Inner. So we were um, thrilled when we found out that Marty and Karen have a big heart for the lands. And so uh, we really felt sent by them and you guys so it's one thing to go but it's another thing to be sent and we felt sent up there we felt really released and um we started off in Ernabella at the Bible Society's translation house where they um have dedicated uh that house and um uh to be a point of connection for um the Bible Society and locals to come and uh, translate the um Bible the Old Testament at the moment actually because the New Testament's done into Pitinjara language. And so we got to see that in action, Psalm 25, and it was wonderful. And we got to see a video of some of the Pitinjara people going to Israel. Um, and the, trans, the key translator taking them to Israel, and we got to see that. And uh, Paul Eckhart, um, he was the translator. He um, gave us a rundown of the culture of in in the lands and it was the biggest culture shock of my life uh, so <laughs> things happen differently up there they happen um not according to uh nine to five you know <laughs> it's uh, very much more what's what's the consensus in the community what's happening in in the uh with the weather and that sort of thing and so a big culture shock to me and so we really had to learn like it says in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. And so that was a big thing for me. So 
And we actually learnt a lot. I think it was such a timely thing for us as a house. We're exploring community. We're exploring family. And so we learnt lots from the Pitanjara people. We learnt lots from Inna and uh, about family, about being a tribe, about being a people of heart, uh, being authentic, being real, being down to earth, and uh, yeah, loving each other and being brothers and sisters, um, even if you're cousins and yeah, <laughs> so it's, that was wonderful, um, and so we spent a lot of time building connections when we arrived um, in uh, Pitanjara, oh, sorry, I've had a mental blank, Pitanjara, yeah, excellent, I've done it right, so they call it Pit, and uh, that's Inner's um, community, and so we spent uh, a few days and nights there getting to know uh, some of her family, some of the people there, it's, uh, there's about 50 houses there and a community centre, a school, a store, um, I think a clinic and uh, we were just getting known there. We, we spent a lot of time praying in the outback, that was a lot of fun and we had so many uh, opportunities to try bush tucker, um, we had um, witchetty grub, we went um, out and had a fire and with some of the locals and they uh, dug for them, we had kangaroo tail, we had um, damper, um, uh, Darren and I got the opportunity to have some honey ants. We had a third-year um, Bethel student from Reading who'd done all three years at Bethel uh, that Inna knew because she'd gone over there. And uh, she cooked us Indian food as well. So I was especially blessed, just, just uh, saying. And, uh, and um, so, yeah. And then even by the time when we come coming to the airport, Inna's like, oh, that one's my favourite. And we stopped the car just outside, just in, at the uh, gate of the airport sort of thing. And we got out and she said, "Just uh, there's some yellow sort of flowering with nectar in this tree. And she's like, just suck like this. And so I started sucking and this delicious sweet nectar came out and she knew that. Um, we are so blessed. Now, uh, the two biggest nights of ministry uh, were very profound. Um, on uh, the Thursday night, we gathered at the church. They turned on the lights and some of the community gathered and then a bit more and that's the way things worked. And we did some worship songs. And then each of us shared a story, opened up our hearts. And uh, Rob shared a song that um, he'd written in the Supernatural School, Holy Spirit Come. Um, and then uh, I shared a bit. And then I just said, if anyone would like to have a relationship with Jesus for the first time and just really, um, uh, um, yeah, know, know that love of the Father, um, just put up your hand, and quite a few of them put up their hand to receive the Lord. It was amazing, and Inna was very excited about that. Uh, one little boy, Hayden, you know, her, ne- her um, nephew, she was so um, ecstatic about that. So, um, you know, I'm a big talker, and also I like action. That's not how it happens there. <laughs> so things happen slowly, and you just appreciate one another, and we, we love that. Another night, we started a fire, and people gathered, and we, we uh, shared with the, with the guys that had come and did some ministry, praying over them. And some wonderful things happened. You might like to ask some of the crew uh, about what it was like. And so we know these, this is the, the uh, beginning of great things. Um, and keep praying for the lands. Keep praying for inner. And we'll just see uh, where we go, you know, in the future. But this is our backyard, isn't it? This is our backyard. And uh, we, we believe there's transformation coming into the lands in a land that has a lot of domestic violence and issues, etc. 
um, drugs. We are seeing, uh, we're going to see transformation happen. It's one last quick, quick story. We went to Alice Springs the back way um, and, you know, took us through those back roads. It's just beautiful country, you know. It feels like you're surfing in the outback because it's so green out there. You guys would be astounded at how green it is out there. It's like the outback. Uh, I mean, an oasis in the outback. And as we're driving towards the rock, Inna shared a song that God had given her after hearing the audible voice of God. And uh, she was singing as we were driving towards Uluru. And um, I thought, and now I'm just realizing now that if her heart's been transformed by a move of the Spirit and, and even by us, our community, who knows what's going to come in the future as the Holy Spirit moves with kingdom power across the land. So we're excited. Please see Adam and just ask him about it as well. I believe we'll probably go up there in the future. And I, I just want to thank Adam, Adam as well. You know, he was absolutely in his element and uh, he served us so well in helping us uh, learn about the Pitinjara culture. So why don't you give the team a bit of a hand? So they served us really well. They represented the house so well. So thanks, guys. Awesome. Awesome. Isn't it great to hear what God's doing? And, and um, I just want us to stand for 30 seconds. We want to pray for our brothers and sisters, our Aboriginal uh, brothers and sisters. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things said and a lot of things unsaid. But one thing we can do is pray and stand with them. And um, we know that Inna, you know, she is, she is such a, like Ryan just said, you know, she's a very sought-after leader uh, amongst the Indigenous Australians. And so even our government is seeking her out for her help. And, and she listens to our podcast. So we just want to pray right now. And I want everyone as an extended family to pray. And we want to bless them this morning. So, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for this week of, of ministry and spending time with our Indigenous brothers and sisters. And, Lord, we pray even this morning that upon those that we've had contact with, that our team met, Lord, we pray you would sow those seeds of the gospel and of love deep within them. Lord, we pray you would cover them. You would protect them. You would keep them from harm. Lord, you would give them purpose and strength and life and destiny. Lord, we pray you'd raise up leaders amongst their community that will even come and speak to us, Lord, and teach and train us. Lord, we pray you'd pour out your spirit upon our indigenous brothers and sisters all over this nation. Lord, we pray that we would hear of your, your blessing and your outpourings and your strengthenings amongst those communities in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm sort of going to change gears, but, but sort of not, really. Um, I've, I've called it uh, this morning what I want to share on, getting it right. And um, for some of you, it, it, it may be irrelevant. You may be walking in freedom and in breakthrough and everything you're, you're after, and therefore you can just sort of relax and, and take it easy. But um, there's so much said in Christianity and in the world that there's just so much said and talked about and trained about on breakthrough, on the keys, on success, on um, promotions, on um, self-improvements, and all of this stuff is good. There's nothing wrong with any of it. The hard part for us is actually making it work for us. I don't know if you're like me, but you might have um, uh, bought DVD series before from good you know, motivational speakers or uh, people who know how to do things or maybe you've signed up to an e-course or maybe you've gone to a seminar or something like that where there's someone really, really uh, bold and proud and they've got keys and they've got methods and they've got ways of improving ourselves or maybe succeeding in business or life or health or whatever it is and you come back really, really pumped up, really motivated. 
And then a couple of weeks in, it's like that motivation dries up. And, and it's like, oh, gee, that, that anointing's lifted now. I want to go back and do another one. And so we can live our lives having to have these regular tank fill-ups, if you like. There's nothing wrong with that. But when does the point come where we get it right ourselves and begin to activate it? When, when does that point come? And for some of us, we've found that point and we've released the breakthrough and we walk in that now and we walk in victory and that's a great thing. And many of you could give testimony to how you've um, overcome trials and you've come through that and you've realized how to now walk in a new level of freedom and how to walk in victory. I know for me, I look out for people and I listen to people who are already walking in that stuff. Uh, if, they're, if they're not quite walking in it and they're, they're talking like they are, then I just wait a couple of years until they are and then I'll, then I'll really feed for them. But I really want to listen to people who know what they're talking about and who live it. Because facts are one thing, but living it out is a whole new ballgame. And this is the struggle sometimes that the world has with Christians is we have all these facts and we can say what's, what's not right to do and we can say all these things and we can quote various things, but actually showing them Jesus is a whole nother ball game. Showing them the power of the love of the kingdom of God is, is like a rarity. And so for us, getting it right means actually beginning to live it out. And actually see the fruit of all this stuff that we, like the missions trip. I mean, it's amazing for us. To, it's funny because Karen and I often will remind each other of these are the sorts of things that we said we'd like to do in ministry before we stepped into ministry. We really wanted to impact um, Aboriginal communities. And we talked about hiring an RV and going up there and we sort of planned it out. And, and, and it's funny now because we get to release other people to do that. It doesn't just have to be us doing that. So, but he planted the seed and we're beginning to see the, the traction in the kingdom of those things. And so it's, it's powerful when you begin to see that. And you might be able to look over your life and think, wow, years ago I wanted to do this and I'm now actually doing it. And it's a great thing when you realize I'm actually getting it right. I'm actually beginning to live what I used to preach. I'm actually beginning to walk out those things that I used to dream about. Because it can be a frustrating place when you dream and you dream and you dream and you dream and you keep dreaming, but it never actually comes to fruition. And so I want to talk a little bit about that today. I know for me that one of the greatest wake-up calls I ever got was, was and I've told, told the story a few times, I think, but uh, particularly in business, and I wasn't really seeking out actually to be in business. But I remember I was whinging and complaining to my work colleague, um, at Menzel Plastics, which doesn't really exist properly anymore. But anyway, I've was, I was been there a few years and I you know, thought I was the ant's pants. And um, I think I've told the story. I, I used to have the nickname Smug. Um, and so that probably says enough. But anyway, <laughs> um, but um, not anymore. I've repented of that. And you know, I've been humble. Don't worry. <laughs> I have a limp. But, um, but I remember he, he, just, he just had enough of me saying, oh, I want to get a job. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. Or maybe I do this. And um, I was very much tomorrow's man, if you've ever heard R.T. Kendall's sermon on today's man, yesterday's man, and tomorrow's man. I highly recommend that sermon to anyone in a frustrated period in your life. And if you need a link to it, I'll give you a link to it because it's a fantastic sermon. But anyway, I was tomorrow's man. The anointing hadn't yet been released and neither had the appointing. But, um, 
So I was in this phase and, and, and he turned to me and said, listen, I've been listening to you for days about how hey, you want to do this, you want to do that. But, but he, he just turned to me and said, would you shut up, get your briefcase, get your CV and get your suit ready because I don't think you've got any of that stuff and here you are wanting to do all this stuff. And I, I just sort of looked at him and went, wow, where did that come from? But it was the greatest love slap in business I'd had to that point because he actually gave me what I needed to hear. Stop whinging get your act together, and actually go and do something with it. And so for me, it was like, wow, okay. And now I've got that guy to thank for my whole business journey. I've never done this. I need to email him or something. But um, it's all coming back to me now. But um, for that moment, that one moment when a shift took place. Now, it's interesting when Ryan was um, talking about our leadership uh, course this term, and, and you'll love Chad, by the way. I, I encourage anyone who's free tomorrow night, come. Chad is an absolute character. He's a great communicator. You've probably seen him on the credit union advert where a guy's washing a window. And, and over the PA, it says, you know, um, someone with an Aston Martin has left their lights on. And Chad's the guy washing his window. He's like, oh, that's me, you know. And so anyway, you must not have seen it yet. Um, I need a little bit better <laughs> response than that. But anyway... So maybe we'll show the ad tomorrow night just so people know what I'm talking about. But anyway, so please come tomorrow night. It's $15 at the door if you're not a signed up student. If you're a signed up student, you come and enjoy it. But it's going to be a great night. But the reason I'm saying that is I've sort of lost track, actually. Where, where was I going, Karen? You don't know. Hey. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Shh, right. So when Ryan was saying that, it, it occurred to me that a number of years ago, Karen and I went to a conference in LA at Cheyenne's Church in Pasadena, California. And the conference was called Leader Shift. And uh, I was just sitting there and I went, wow, that's funny because we didn't feel like necessarily we, we got a whole lot of, it's not like we, you know, were full of visions and all sorts of prophetic words and all this sort of stuff at that conference. But I can actually recognize since that time, and we've not really talked about it, since that time has been a complete leader shift. And I I, I don't mean that in a bad way. What I mean is God is shifting leadership in the church, and he's actually shifting and shaping us into the body of Christ. He's bringing strength where there hasn't been strength. He's bringing truth where there hasn't been truth. He's bringing life and joy where there hasn't been life and joy. And even us going out into the, the dryness, or maybe it's really wet out there if it's really green, but into that region for us is a leader shift. It's a, it's a shift to servant leadership. It's a shift into truth, not into shadows. It's a shift into something that is real and living, and, and, it's, and it works together, not in division, but it actually works in authority as well. And God is actually giving us a fresh authority, and that's the leader shift that's taking place. There's a fresh authority in us knowing who we are. We are sons and daughters of Jesus Christ, and we can walk this stuff out. We can live the kingdom, but we need to actually get to a point, I believe, where we, we stop the carousel. If you've ever felt like you're living in a carousel, the same things, same patterns going round and round and round, maybe the same negative thoughts, maybe the same cycles in your marriage, maybe the same issues with your kids, maybe the same financial situations are coming back and you think, oh, not again, I've got myself into it again. And so you put a Band-Aid over that one and then the Band-Aid pops off the problem and then you put a bigger Band-Aid over it, you know. And, and these sorts of things are cy- they're cyclical 
And they're actually things that we can look at and say, I want to stop this, the carousel. I want to stop this thing. And that's when we get to reality and the kingdom of God becomes real. Like for me, the love slap with someone who wasn't even a believer necessarily says to me, would you just shut up for a moment, stop your whinging and actually get and do it. And this is, this is and it's not what I'm saying to you this morning, but some of you may need that. Some of you may need that. It's like, okay, I'm going to stop complaining about what's not happening. Stop complaining about everyone else and watching this and doing that and maybe being negative about these sorts of things. When am I actually going to do something with my life? When am I going to take the authority that God's given me? Because he's given it to you. If you're a believer in Jesus, Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, lives in you. He lives in you. His power, his authority, his voice, his anointing, his calling, his destiny lives in you. And sometimes it's just a decision. It's just like a small little decision of, wow, I've been wallowing in all sorts of stuff, and yet the King of Kings lives in me. I've been putting up with negativity. The King of Kings lives in me. I don't need to live for that stuff. I want to read from Luke, Luke chapter 11 if you want to go there. Luke chapter 11 and... I'll start from verse 5. And these, Jesus is talking to the disciples and he's teaching them about praying and seeking. And he says to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside he answers and says, Do not bother me. The door has already been shut and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he'll not get up and give him anything because he's his friend, yet because of his persistence, or in other versions, boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Verse 9, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and him who knocks that it will be open. Now suppose one of your fathers is asked by a son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he is asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And a, a, a um, parallel passage in Matthew chapter 7 says, how much more will he give you good gifts if you ask him? So here we have, uh, uh, you combine these passages together and you, you see Holy Spirit and good gifts both working hand in hand, released to the body of Christ if we knock, seek and ask, and if we seek after those things. I think one of the, one of the key aspects here, and this is what uh, a journey that certainly we are really seeking the Lord to, to live out, is there's something that happens when someone is organically, lovingly raw with us. And Jesus was like that with the disciples all the time, wasn't he? He'd often turn to them and he'd give them an answer they were not expecting. He would give them something that they needed but didn't want. But they needed it. They needed truth. They didn't need a nice pat on the back. They actually needed truth and life and wisdom and hope. And so he spoke that to them with, with no other reference to anything else. He didn't apologize. He didn't beat around the bush. He, he lovingly told them what they needed to know. If we reject truth, we're in danger. If we reject it when it's coming straight at us, maybe through someone who loves us and who's, who's walking out in authority and in victory and in, 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 in a capacity that we can recognize the fruit of the Spirit is there. If we reject that truth, then we're on dangerous ground. 
because we're, tr- we're choosing a shadow, not the light. And I've spoken about this before, but it's, it's so, um, I suppose it's so uh, clear to me now after eight years of ministry and 40 years of Christianity that where we sometimes get it wrong as Christians is when we reject truth. When we reject truth. Someone, maybe a leader, pastor, or, or friend, or mom, or dad, or whatever it might be, actually takes the time to love us, speak the truth to us, but because we don't like it, we reject it. And the moment we reject it, that destiny moment, like I had at, at work, could have easily rejected it when it being so rude and up, abrupt to me, but I didn't. I actually received it for that moment, and it birthed my business years later. And it's the same thing for us. If someone brings us a word in love that we know is truth, not if it's some radical thing that might happen, might not happen. I'm talking about truth in love, that the word of God can support, that other people can support, that's obvious, that's clear. If we reject that, we're on shaky ground. But when the seed of life goes in and we receive it, even though it may hurt, even though it may frustrate our flesh, annoy our flesh even. When that truth comes, if we receive that, it releases life. It releases destiny. It actually take, it has a leader shift effect upon us. It has a shifting effect because all of a sudden we think differently. And so I want to give us a few things that, that I um, have noticed over the years for myself that take me from the unreality of hoping and wishing maybe there'll be a breakthrough maybe if I go to a conference I'll get a prophetic word that will release that over me nothing wrong with doing that nothing wrong with doing that but if that's what we keep doing then we've got to look at the agenda of our hearts and say if I'm keeping on needing a prophetic word from some people around there isn't the kingdom of God in me can't I study the word of God for myself can't I hear from God for myself so it, it's, it's, it's not one or the other, it's both, right? And so then we, then we take the word of God and we say, Lord, you're my father. How much more will you give me the Holy Spirit? How much more will you give me good gifts? And we seek him and we ask him, what does it look like for you today? What does it look like for you today? That's when the rubber hits the road, isn't it? What? Does it look like for me sitting, standing here this morning on a Sunday morning, winter, cold, rainy? Thank you for coming, by the way. You're awesome. (laughs) What does the kingdom of God living in you look like, sprouting in you look like this morning? Does it look like you're still sort of working through some of those cyclical patterns? Here we go again. Here we go again. I'm hoping someday Bill Johnson will call me and he'll say, I've heard a voice from the Lord and you are to come and minister with me on the stage. Uh, It just won't happen. And we need to wake up sometimes, even in prophetic circles, that all we're chasing is prophecy. There's a lot more to the gospel than prophecy. There's truth. There's wisdom. There's living out the kingdom of God. You know, it's, it's like the rubber hitting the road, isn't it? What does it look like when we live the kingdom of God? See, I had last Sunday off, right? So, you know, you can get a double portion. <laughs> Let me give you some of the things that I have found for me because I remember, that, I remember distinctly that time standing at the counter when that guy was so rude. And it was a rebuke that I so needed. I so needed, and maybe the Lord's saying some things to you this morning. Maybe people who love you have said things to you, and you've rejected it, and you just haven't listened. 
And, and what happens then is generally it turns into bitterness. So it's not a happy journey. But, but if we're willing this morning to hear the voice of the Lord and say, hang on, okay, okay, I'm going to let go of the reins. I'm going to actually operate in truth. I'm telling you, when we operate in truth with one another, it is so powerful. There's so much authority in truth. There is so much authority in truth. And so here's, here's some of the things that I've realized. The first one is live in the now. When we are always seeking after something that might happen or a promotion that might come one day and there's like this carrot dangled in front of us and so we, we've gone to a seminar and then we've gone to another seminar and then maybe we've heard those tapes and DVDs and podcasts and so we're, oh, but you know, there's going to be a breakthrough one day and that one day and the carrot just keeps getting further and further away and it's, it's all, you live in a complete unreality and we're not actually living the present we're living the future that may or may not happen. I'm not saying promises don't come about. I'm not saying breakthroughs don't come about. But I believe that for me, and, and this is like I think for me, the theology of my life is that um, John Calvin, the, the great theologian, um, and his, I think it was his nephew, actually, Arminius, who actually came up with opposing doctrines, one believed completely in the sovereignty of God. God will do things in his time, in his way, and so we just have to trust him and believe him and understand that he is in full control. It is completely right. Now, Arminius came up with, it's man's responsibility to stand and do something with the kingdom, do something with the gospel. We've got to go out and activate the kingdom. Is it wrong? No, it's completely right. They're both right. And I think that we can learn a lot when we take the gems from these guys and from the kingdom of God, what God's doing now, all over the world. There's so much wisdom. And when we can actually operate and realize God is sovereign, yes, but he's given us a responsibility to live out the kingdom. And so that's when we realize I've got to live in the now, not in the five years time. Live in the now. Start planning now. Start reading the Word of God now, not in a year's time. If you say, oh, I'm going to start really dedicating myself to the Lord in six weeks, you will not do it. Start today. Start tomorrow. Start tonight, whenever it might be. When we decide to live in the now, it can be that light bulb moment where everything becomes possible. Everything becomes possible. It's not an unreality anymore. It's not a maybe. It's not a, oh, I reckon I'll do that one day. The, the truth is we've all had failures of making dates and making, um, you know, New Year's resolutions and these. We've all had failures with that. But we've almost got to wipe the board clean, give ourselves a grace pill and say, all right, I've failed plenty of times, but what I'm going to do today is this. What I'm going to actually start doing is not hoping and maybe this will happen and wishing upon a star that something good might come to me one day. I'm going to live in the now. I'm going to recognize here I am. I've got this in my bank account. I've got these relationships. I've got this word of truth over my life, and this is what I'm going to do. And so the second thing I've got is face our current circumstances. Don't avoid the facts. The truth is some people live, and even Christians do this, and you know, I've done this probably to a greater extent than everyone combined in this room, um, lived in debts. And, um, and so if we, if we, and I'm not talking about your house mortgage, okay? And I'll talk about that another day. I've got a full series coming, okay? Um, but um, but um, I don't mean the house mortgage. What I mean is, is we're running up things that we don't know how we're going to cover. That's a debt. 
We're running up costs. We're spending more than our income is going to ever be able to cover potentially. And so we're hoping, and so we're hoping, and so we're hoping for this breakthrough. And, and you end up in the, in the territory where you literally will send $1,000 to that weird prophet on God TV who promises you money if you give it to him just because you're that desperate. The room went really quiet right now, but <laughs> maybe I should do it if you're all okay with that. Let's, let's do it this morning. But what, what I'm saying is we've got to be really, really wise. Not just hope and wish upon a star that something's going to happen and our breakthrough's going to happen. Now, if the Lord speaks to you, do it. But I've found that kind of psychology of giving to be very rare rather than common. And so uh, generosity we're all on about, sowing into the kingdom we're all on about. But I'll, I'll leave that there before I get on a ridiculous, weird tangent. And so the second thing really is face our current circumstances. One of the best things that um, I recognized I needed to do, especially once we sold our business, was really start planning properly, actually writing things out and doing, um, doing a budget and getting myself organized so that I knew exactly where everything was. Line the ducks up. Even if they're ugly ducklings, line them up even if they're credit cards, even if they're mortgages or things that you really are causing you pain right now, write them down. Write them down and actually get a plan for how many ugly things there might be around for you and good things. Write them out. Live in the now. Don't just hope that someone's going to come and band-aid it for you one day or fix it. You have the power within you to release the kingdom. This is the sovereignty of God and man's responsibility, working together, taking responsibility for who we are and what he's given us and activating it and actually seeing something happen. Don't avoid the facts. So what I mean by that is we can often be so um, positive about our own problems and so negative about everyone else's. So we can, we can take a really, really light view of our situation. Oh, that's because this and that's because... No, no, no. No excuses. No excuses. Don't avoid the facts. Look at the facts of your life. Look at the facts of, and it doesn't have to be finances. Look at what's going on around you. And if there's fruit bursting forth, keep going. If there's not fruit bursting forth, then you need to look at the facts. You need to look at what's going on. What is the origin of these issues? What is the origin of this carousel taking me round and round and round? And so then we face our current circumstances and we say, all right, it's time to do something with it. It's time to live in the now and actually do something with it. And one of the greatest things, and actually it's interesting in Luke chapter 11, I find it really interesting that this guy who needed some bread, who needed some food to, to feed this person who'd come at him, who did he go to to get what he needed? He went to another friend, didn't he? We need key relationships to help release the breakthrough. We need key relationships, people we can go to who have got what we haven't got to actually get the victory in our situation. If we won't listen to that friend, then we'll just cut it off and then Holy Spirit or good gifts isn't going to be released to us because we're not seeking and asking in, on the right doors. When we do it through relationship, we do it with people who know us, who trust us, who love us. I've said this, I said this particularly at the prophetic um, uh, course of the night that I find it really interesting that so many people will listen to podcasts and I listen to podcasts all the time and I love it um, but when that same truth is delivered from someone who you're very close to and in relationship with it's much harder to hear easy to hear it from Bill Johnson 
Reinhard Bonnke, Joel Osteen. I mean, we smile with them and, oh, it's awesome. Oh, it's harsh when someone who loves us, who we have a covenant or who we have a relationship with, that's a whole other ballgame. Because we are then in the same camp as one another. We can't run outside the camp anymore. We can't, we can't escape. I mean, we can escape Joel Osteen because he doesn't even know who we are. He's on TV. So he can take his word. Oh, it's amazing truth. But what if he was your pastor and he actually said that to you and said, hang on, we've got to work on some stuff. We've got to get real. It's a whole nother ball game. But this is the kingdom. If we don't operate like this, we're operating in the shadows and the full kingdom doesn't flow through us. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm saying the kingdom of God is limited with rebellion. It's limited with isolation. It's limited. It's very, very limited. So that flow of anointing isn't there. Position yourself well in relationship. That's the third thing. Fourth thing is get rid of unhealthy thinking and ways. These things I've said enough about, but if you find you have unhealthy thinking, unhealthy ways, then get in relationship, get close to people who are good, clear, honest, truth, livers, love the Lord, and that you can actually learn from them because sometimes we just don't have what it takes. I I know for Karen and I, we just didn't have what it takes. We needed other people. We've needed other leaders to connect with, to speak into our life, to speak truth over us. And when we've done that, we've realized, wow, here we were trying to work out this thing on our own. Why didn't we just ask these guys? So look for people with that kind of fruit and they will have truth and love to give you. Okay, last thing, because I said I wasn't going to be long and it's been half an hour, which, you know, that's okay. Last thing, obey. When obedience and pursuit are put together, they're so powerful. They are really, really powerful. When we hear the word of the Lord, when we know his word, and I don't mean you've you just heard an audible voice, but if you're like me, when someone is maybe preaching truth or speaking truth or when someone shares with us something that we know we need and we know it's truth, the Holy Spirit gives me a little tug on my tummy. Anyone else get that? Just that little, maybe a guilty thing or maybe butterflies or maybe just like, "Mm, okay. And especially if it's something you don't want to hear, you might even get a little bit of a, a bit of an off feeling. Anyone else get that? It's the Holy Spirit. He operates through our conscience sometimes, our own conscience. He's given us one. He's the originator of conscience. And he speaks through our conscience. So if your conscience today is speaking to you, it's probably Holy Spirit. A lot of people say they can't hear from God. Listen to your conscience. Listen to your conscience. What is your conscience telling you? Is this truth or is it not? If it's truth, then you have a responsibility today to yourself, to your destiny to obey. Not me. Obey him, whatever he's telling you to do. And it's the greatest thing we do. My obedience to the rudeness and the abruptness of a work colleague released business destiny over my life. Think with this many people in the room, if we are in this position where God is saying things to us and he wants to release some destiny over us, how great the effect on this city is going to be. How great the ramifications of that when we as believers take the gospel and stuff it inside of us and get it real. Not fake, not just an ideology, but actually a living faith where Jesus Christ comes alive in us and through us. And so obey today, whatever it is, be bold. This guy, Jesus, 
was telling this story. Is he saying this guy was so persistent, he was so bold that he needed some, some food to give to his friend. So he said, but it wasn't the friendship with the person in the house that released the destiny or released the breakthrough or released what was needed. It was his boldness. It was his persistence. So if we've got these things lined up, if I just preach to you about boldness today, I could trip some people up because boldness in and of itself isn't enough. We need to be real with ourselves. We need to be in relationship. We need to obey the word of the Lord and then be bold. If we're just bold, we might still keep making that same mistake. And you see it in business. I often hear it, and I've heard it for so many years in business circles, um, uh, Christian business circles, I, uh, people will say, I want to be in in Christian business because I want to give millions to the kingdom of God. You hear it all the time. It rarely happens. It rarely happens. And so what starts out, because often we need a reality check. We need a reality check, not just a quote or a mantra. We need a reality check in being obedience to the kingdom, in, in obedience to what Jesus is telling us to do. And so the last thing I'll, I'll leave you with today is that we have a choice whether we want to birth Ishmael's or Isaac's. Ishmael decisions normally come first. They're rushed decisions. Abraham and Sarah needed a baby, they thought, and they had a promise from the Lord, direct promise saying, you will be the father of many, many nations, descendants as far as the seashore, sand on the seashore. I mean, this is an amazing promise. If someone gave that to you, you'd be jumping through hoops unless you had to wait 40 years for it to come about. But you see, they, they, they opted out early with producing Ishmael the wrong way, not God's way, out of disobedience, and they produced a problem. If you have produced problems in your life, recognize it today and do something about it. If you have an Ishmael situation going on, Ishmael relationship, Ishmael business decision, Ishmael financial decision, Ishmael thinking, Ishmael ideas, Ishmael things. And if you need more on that, just read about Ishmael and Isaac and you'll get the whole thing of what I mean on that. But then later in God's time, Isaac comes and he's the child of promise. Many of us have been waiting, waiting for Isaac to come, and you feel like you can live your whole life waiting for Isaac to come. When is my promise finally going to be released? I think if we do some of these things, then we begin to activate the release of Isaac in God's time, and we can actually start it today because obedience is the beginning of the promise. Obedience. And so let's stand today. Let's um, pray. Just lift your hands if you feel like that's for you today. And whatever he's telling you to do, I want you to maybe make a decision today. Maybe it's time to Habakkuk chapter 2. Write down the vision that the one who reads it may run with it. It's a powerful, powerful thing when we learn the Word of God and we activate it like that. You might need to write some things down this afternoon. You might need to journal what he's been speaking to you about. You might need to work out uh, or talk to someone wise and loving who you know actually has some stuff that you don't have and ask them, okay, how do I get breakthrough? Humble yourself and come before other people because the body of Christ is so strong, so strong when we work together. And so, Lord... We ask today that your word would penetrate us between bone and marrow. Lord, it would go so, so right through us today that you would release truth within us so powerfully. 
Lord, that today would end bad decisions. Today would end bad cycles. Today would end rejection of truth. Today would end things where I, I, I'm just wallowing in my own stuff. It ends today. And Lord, we ask that you would release new life, new thinking, new relationships, new breakthroughs. Lord, you would show us how to live in truth, not in the shadows. Lord, we thank you for the gospel. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for the, the light of Jesus Christ that shines even in this room today. And if there's anyone in this room and you do not know Jesus Christ, then this is the greatest day of your life to get to know him. If you haven't been walking with him, today is the day where you can get to know him. Have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. If you need to do that today, I want you just to put up your hand. I want to pray. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want to give you an opportunity. If you're here this morning and you know that right now where you're at is not in intimacy with Jesus, you don't know if you're going to heaven or hell. You don't quite know where you stand. If that's you this morning, just quickly put up your hand and I want to just pray over you. Yeah, awesome. Awesome, guys. Yeah, is there anyone else who just say that this morning? That um, everyone else, eyes closed, just, just let's have a 30 seconds of allowing God to move. And if you're here this morning and you're just not sure, then I want to pray with you. I want to give you that confirmation that your life is sealed with Jesus Christ. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, well, I'm just going to pray. And I want everyone to pray after me. And this is a salvation prayer to invite Jesus into our lives. For those of us, there's a couple of guys who put up their hand. Lord Jesus, I ask this morning, you would forgive me of all my sin. You would wash me clean. I believe you died and rose again for me. I want to be free of the past. I want to be born again in Jesus' name. Amen. Give those guys a round of applause. Awesome. And um, I want to talk with you. If there's anyone I didn't see as well, come and say hello to me after the service. And I want to uh, just make sure we get things right there. Um, I'm going to finish the service there. Is that okay? Or do you want us to do something religious just to wrap it up? All right. Give someone a hug and then go and have a coffee. Bless you today. And um, have a great week. If you want to come down and rough it at Aldinga, you're welcome to. See you tomorrow night if you want to come along. Thanks for joining us on the Harvest Australia podcast. For more information and events in the life of Harvest Australia Church, please visit harvestaustralia.org.